What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Ice the Kicker. My name is Glenn Zanegers alongside Matt Ferrara. It is Thanksgiving week in the NFL. Really, the point in the NFL season where we're like, all right, the playoff swing or the playoff push is well underway. So we've got about six weeks left. All the teams, really most of them, still in the hunt, including our two favorite teams, the Giants, the Dolphins. We'll get to that in a second. But before we get into that and the rest of the games around the league, unfortunate news was really the big story this week. Number one overall pick out of this year's draft, Gerald Burrow out of LSU on the Bengals, obviously, tore basically everything in his knee, ACL, MCL, other structural damage, you name it. Um, it was just a real ugly, ugly play against Washington. And this isn't one of those, you know, ACLs where it's just the ACL, you rehab it nine, 12 months, you're back and like it, not like nothing happens. This is a lot worse than that. It's the ACL, it's the MCL. Um, really reminiscent of that Teddy Bridgewater injury that he had for the Vikings. And Teddy Bridgewater, he missed a few seasons with that mm-hmm. injury. So really a tough break for that Cincinnati Bengals franchise that were hoping to build off of what they saw from Burrow this year and catapult them into contention in the AFC North in 2021. But that that plan's going to be have to put on hold until we see Joe Burrow again, maybe not even until 2022 him healthy finally so it's just it's a bad break for the Bengals. it's a bad break for Bengals fans and really it's a bad break for the entire nfl because he was really one of the bright young quarterbacks in this game yeah i mean joe burrow it was one of those guys where his story transferring out of ohio state going to lsu carrying it up having probably the best season that a team in lsu could have and a best season that an individual could have at the quarterback position winning the heisman winning the national championship being the first overall pick and then he was balling out for a little bit, and then obviously just a, a freak football accident in place uh, comes in play. His own lineman basically gets tossed into him, his front leg's planted, and if you see the slow-mo of the video, his knee, like, obviously buckles, but it, like, goes out of place and then almost pops into place. And it was just like, oh, my God. And it's just, again, I keep talking about it. We keep talking about that. Football is just – its you're so lucky if you come out of games alive. Like, you really are. Like, when you think about all the close, like – well, if I took one extra step here, if my foot was planted here, like there's so many times where you could potentially get rolled up on and potentially honestly have career ending injuries. And I know, and like you were saying, like, this isn't just like your basic ACL tear. This is your ACL, your MCL. There was other structural damage in there too. And like you said, it's going to be probably a little bit more than that nine to 12 month recovery. And honestly, if I'm kind of a Bengals fan or a coach or a GM, are you a little bit concerned about who he's going to be when he comes back? Cause I think I am too, because it's hard for anybody. When you look at Jimmy G when he came back from his knee injury, Tannehill too was kind of never, he's still kind of fighting back from it. So it's one of those things where you're never really the same again. And for a guy who loves to escape the pocket and his ability to extend plays, that's his bread and butter right there. If you kind of take that away from him, then maybe you don't really know what you're going to get. And I'm not trying to, pull the plug on Joe Burrow by any means, but it just goes to show you that one bad injury like this could change their franchise for uh, 10 years. Yeah. And he's the guy that they picked with that same thought in mind over the next 10 years, this is going to be our guy. We got out of the Dalton era that really kind of disappointed. And now we Mm -hmm. got Joe Burrow. We had the first overall pick. It's escaping me what their record was last year. Obviously it was horrible since they got first overall. Did they have a win last year? One. Yeah. Yeah. They might have like two. Yeah. So, 
they they got the guy. It was a big quarterback draft class. Obviously, it was him, and then it was Tua amongst and Herbert and all the other guys in the first round. And he was looking, you know, we, a lot is t- said about Tua and a lot has been said about Herbert, but Joe Burrow under the radar, really, which is weird for a first overall mm-hmm. guy to go under the radar, but he was having yeah. a pretty good rookie season. Like he was making mistakes like every other rookie would, mm-hmm. but he was showing you things that would dictate that the Cincinnati Bengals made the right decision in drafting him first overall over a Tua or over a Herbert, whoever else could have been in that pick. So mm-hmm. What you said is absolutely true. Now you have to be worried about what Herbert is going to be when he comes back. And the unfortunate timing of this injury being November means if it's the 12 month period, then that's three quarters into next season. And at that point, what's the point of bringing him back at all? You don't, I don't anticipate the Bengals being in contention this time next year without him starting the season, unless they go out and they get like a Fitzpatrick or a placeholder guy and yeah. they play really, really well. But in the abundance of caution, even if you know they're on the outside looking in next year, by the time Burrow would be ready in week 12 or 13 of next year, it might not even be worth it. So this is a guy you might not see until training camp of, or training camp, which will be in June, July of 2022. Mm-hmm. So you're putting in a lot of patience in a guy that you only saw for six, seven, eight games it's just a horrible break for that franchise who finally thought they had their guy. Now mm-hmm. this whole window is, it's not, it's not, it's not open because they weren't making the playoffs this year, but the entire, like, I guess, process and development of the quarterback in the organization is completely put on pause for another 19 to 20 months because, yeah. you know, this guy is going to be out for the rest of this year and possibly all of next year. So mm-hmm. the contention window is backed up a few years now, and that's just, that's not what you want to hear if you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan. Yeah, it's the whole thing you're talking about is just the the cycle of a rebuild, basically. And like you said, let's let's even assume he comes back, say in even nine months. So he comes back, and it's like what week week six, week seven, yeah. whatever it is. That that's pretty optimistic, I would say, with the amount of structural damage he has in his knee. I would say you put anyone at quarterback there with basically kind of how their team is, you're not winning really many games. So we Mm. can basically almost write off the Bengals as of right now for next year. And like you said, where, where, where are they going without Joe Burrow as their quarterback? All right, maybe you get a fix and he might give you some hope, but then also you have to think about now, all right, what free agent is going to go to Cincinnati? Because it's like, all right, well, it's, if, if Joe Burrow's there fully healthy for next year, mm-hmm. I'm there. Play with a new young stud quarterback. He's showing to have a potential uh, rookie of the year kind of season. All right, but now you're saying, all right, well, Joe Burrow may be back by week seven, week eight. He may not even be back at all. So you're almost kind of punting a whole nother year. So when it comes to a, a free agent, who's really going to really want to go there and waste the whole year of, of a contract? And then even for Cincinnati, why am I going to want to spend big bucks? Because they do need a lot of reinforcements on that team. Like their offensive line is terrible. Their mm-hmm. defense is really nothing special. You have an AJ aging AJ green. Who's probably on his way out, but who are they going to sign to kind of help them? So it's going yeah. to be, I, I foresee just another year where they kind of are still rebuilding and you're not going to have a quarterback. You're going to have to get a, a Fitzpatrick type guy, unless they want to roll with Finley for whatever reason. I, I don't really see the point in that, but you're not going to see them. I, I wouldn't say, start contending from a, a GM standpoint, I would say until the 2021 off season. 
Yeah, so what do you think the best move is going forward for Cincinnati? Is it getting a placeholder quarterback like um, a Jameis Winston or a Ryan Fitzpatrick to kind of plug in and make like some sort of makeshift contender next season? Mm-hmm. Or do you think the best thing to do is kind of say, you know, Burrow, you're not playing until 2022, but when you come back, we're going to use from today until week one of 2022 to build you the best offensive line we possibly can. That means not spending money on a running back or on a receiver or weapons. Mm-hmm. When you come back, you're going to be, you're going to have a completely solid brick wall and nobody's going to touch you. And then we'll worry about skill positions at that point. Like, what do you, do you think it's better for them to go on a normal off season track that they had planned under these circumstances or the hypothetical that, um, Burrow would have been healthy, or do you think they should reshift everything, just plug in all of their resources, whether it be draft picks or free agent money towards the offensive line, and wait for him to come back before they start so, contending? So I wouldn't get a guy like Fitzpatrick because you know what you're going to get with him. I I would honestly enjoy seeing someone like a Jameis, even if they wanted to take a flyer on Rosen again, or someone like that caliber, or even like a Mariota say, where, hey, you know – they may not be amazing, but there's still some kind of there's still some milk that you want to squeeze out of those guys. It's just like a Jameis, like he's still got something to prove a little bit. And he by no means is a guy that I would kind of want to write off. Maybe even a Cam Newton if if uh, if the Patriots decide to move on from him, or uh, probably actually end or uh, I would probably draft another quarterback in say the fourth round. I think that that's that's like a good enough round where it's not just like a joke sixth seventh rounder. But I definitely, I think, would draft another quarterback because you don't know what you're, what you're going to get in, in Burrow when he comes back. Obviously, you want to hope and pray that he comes back and he's healthy and he's good again, but you just don't know. I get it, and I'm not, I, I wouldn't condone this at all, but like, what if Cincinnati ended up with uh, the number two pick and they could get Fields? And then what if it comes back that like by the time the draft rolls around that Burrow's knee is not looking too good? Yeah, It's like, I, I, again, I wouldn't draft Justin Fields because I still think Burrow's going to be fine. But you just never know. It's such a crazy sport. And as we've seen in the NFL, you're going nowhere without a quarterback. Like 100%, you're not doing anything without a quarterback. You could say what you want about these game-managing quarterbacks and stuff like that, that they're propped up by their good defenses. They're still above-average quarterbacks. You, you can't take that away from them. And even if they don't – they might not throw for 4,000 yards, but if they don't turn the ball over, I'd say that means they're probably a pretty good quarterback. So they're going to have a lot of interesting – kind of ways to go about it. I definitely would heavily invest in that offensive line because their offensive line is so bad. And yeah, even before he got like, hurt, oh. he was, he, he, we saw this injury coming. If you use yeah. hindsight, mm-hmm. if hindsight was 2020, like we saw this injury coming because their offensive line was just paper thin. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's paper thin. The guys that they even have started are not very good. They didn't really invest much of anything into that. So if their first round pick isn't uh, Pine Suwal, I think they're doing it wrong. And I know they're probably going to get baited into like maybe taking a Jamar Chase, that young stud kind of sexy uh, position at wide receiver. But you got to build. They don't, this they man. don't have a quarterback anymore. You 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 have to build this man yeah. a brick wall because Joe Burrow or any quarterback, I think for that matter, throwing the ball like seventy times a game, like he was throwing it way too many times. It's like, yeah. what are we doing? And then you, again, you're obviously just putting your quarterback at more risk of injury, the more times he kind of drops back and he's just fighting for his life out there. And honestly, a a quick segue we could do that we kind of talked about is where 
the discussion of, all right, a rookie quarterback, do you throw him into the fire or do you kind of let him sit? This is one of those situations where people may say, yeah, I want to throw my quarterback into the fire, but are you going to do that with uh, absolutely horrendous and borderline dangerous offensive line? Yeah, That's a question now that many people and organizations are going to have to ask themselves. Yeah, this is definitely a learning experience, I think, not only for the Bengals, but the entire league. I'm a proponent, and we, I've said this on the show, if you draft your guy and you think he's the guy, put him out there. Mm-hmm. that has to be under the circumstance that you have faith in your offensive line to keep him alive and to keep him healthy. Yeah. And, you know, looking back, it was probably not how the Cincinnati Bengals thought their offensive line would be. I think even the brightest of optimists about the Cincinnati offensive line probably would have told you that, you know, they're, they're not great. So yeah. that's something that, you know, the Bengals need to focus in on. And you said, previously about you know the first round pick for the Bengals this year if burrow stayed healthy the rest of this year they could have you know justified getting that top wide receiver and maybe using their free agent cap space on a veteran offensive lineman or two and get Mm -hmm. you know sexy you know weapon for joe burrow that he had that he hasn't had in his rookie year now now it's completely off the table because why would you draft why would you draft a wide receiver who's going to throw him the football it's i mean and even even and when, even when in Burrow the year after back. that, you still don't know who's throwing him the football. And it's, I mean, even if it is Burrow, what's the point of having this stud wide receiver if you're lying, you can't block? Yeah. Then you can't, you don't allow this these receivers to kind of do anything. And again, what we've talked about all year is basically that, and we're both in agreement that the games are won in the trenches, and your offense, yeah. especially, it starts in the trenches. If you can't block, you're not going to be able to pass the ball or do any plays that you want to do. You're going to have to get the ball out in two seconds, or else you're going to get sacked. And if you get sacked, you're obviously not completing passes. So if you don't build up that line, you're not going to get uh, you're not going to get a, a fraction of what Joe Joe Burrow can be. Yeah, and you know, just to wrap this up, you know, the 2022 season when Joe might when Burrow most likely will come back, like the Vikings had a similar issue. Mm-hmm. The Vikings lost Bridgewater. It was late in the season. It, it had, I don't know when exactly it was, but he mm-hmm. got such a bad leg injury, just like Burrow did. And Bridgewater never played for the Vikings ever again. I don't think it's going to be that, you know, Mm -hmm. drastic, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Bengals are like, you know, we took you number one and we love you. And we took you, we love you because obviously we loved you enough to take you number one, but you know, just the nature of the NFL is that you have these devastating injuries and you're just not the same again. And as you know, gruesome and as like kind of mean as it would be yeah the Bengals are in the business of winning football games and if it, either in the next draft or the draft after that if they see a quarterback and say this is a healthy guy that's going to help us win games and we believe that they might take him because you know it's it's a, it's an insulting thing to say and I don't like saying it right now Burrow is damaged goods right now because you know, yeah, it's it's not it's not a, it's it, it's it's a bad thing to say, and I hate saying yeah, it again. I, but I know it's the nature of what that injury is, and yeah. you hate seeing that happen. But unfortunately, that's just the nature of reality right now. And yeah. I will be the first one online for a Burrow revenge tour. Yeah, I I would love that. But you yeah. know, you have to be open to all possibilities if you're the Bengals, because you've been so bad for so long, even mm-hmm. when you've made the playoffs, especially under Marvin Lewis, all those years, you got bounced in the first round year after year after year. And that fan base is running out of patience. So yeah, I mean, you know, again, as rough. they should be, it, yeah. it, it's very it's last. 
it's very uh it's it's very similar. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I got you. Okay. It's very similar to uh like a pitcher who gets Tommy John. Like it's kind of like a freak injury, but you have to kind of understand it because you don't really know how they're going to be when you come back and you pray that they're the same as they were before they got injured, but you just never know. And you kind of have to, you have to have a contingency plan in play. Now you cannot dismiss it and put all your chips in the basket saying that he's going to be fine. He's going to be perfect. You just yeah. And it's, it's tough because you're a quarterback, like the giants with Barkley, they could survive a running back. Like you really yes. can't survive when your quarter, when your franchise quarterback goes down. And even your analogy with pitching, there's still four other guys that are going to pick up the slack for you. Exactly. This is the worst thing that could happen to a football team. I don't think there's a worse thing that could happen to a football no, 100%. team. 100%. You, you so, lose your, your star quarterback. Exactly. So we'll see what happens with the Bengals moving forward, not only this year, but next year and the year after mm-hmm. that. So something to keep an eye on. Definitely. We're going to move on to a team that does not have a quarterback issue. <laughs> at all like the complete opposite and that's the kansas city chiefs yes. and patrick mahomes so they beat the raiders um the raiders they fight man they it'll, fight it'll, it'll and, and they and yeah. they're on the outskirt outside looking in with the playoffs i believe right now because the afc so loaded but they might want to yeah. be they might be one of the better teams ever to not make the playoffs they're a really good yeah. good team and they should ha- they should be given credit for you know beating the the chiefs on the road and then fighting them on Sunday night football on Sunday night. But when Witten scores the touchdown at the end to put the Raiders up with around 90 seconds, whatever it was, there was no doubt in my mind that the Chiefs were still going to win that game. Yeah. And Mahomes went down the field like automatic, like, you know, like he was playing against children. It, it, it was just ridiculous. It, so it, I, I don't think that shocked anybody what happened on Sunday night. Yeah, no, it's 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 the game is too easy for this team. It, it 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 I don't understand like what other defenses and teams can do to stop it. Because even look at the last touchdown, Travis Kelsey was wide open, mm-hmm. wide open. That, they literally scored within like a minute and twenty seconds, and they still left probably 20, 30 seconds on the clock. So it, realistically, if you don't have the ball to to end the game, you're not beating the Chiefs. You're one hundred percent or not. Again, I I really don't know. What, come the playoffs, like who, who's stopping them right now? And I, yeah, I was at lunch with a friend today, and he was like, "Oh, Steelers, they might go undefeated." I'm like, "It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't see them beating the Chiefs." Yeah, that, I that really don't. Is, that offense is just it's it's just too dynamic. Like, and I, something I, they said on the broadcast, Matt, and I completely agree with this, and I'd never thought about it until I think Chris Collinsworth said it. Mm-hmm. In today's NFL, the old adage where defense wins championships and defense wins you games—that's not true anymore. These offenses are just way too good that if you – I would rather my team with two minutes left in the football game be down with the ball than up without it. That is probably the coolest question I think I've heard in the the scheme of football. I've never heard anything like that. And honestly, when I think about that too, like if I'm the Dolphins right now, I'd rather be a team that has to stop someone because their defense is a little bit better. But when you pose the question like that, it really makes me think about like when you look at the landscape of each team, like kind of which which plays a favor. Let's run down the scenario. AFC Championship Chiefs are all have the ball and they're down, say, two points and they have to score a field goal to win the game against the Steelers. Are they getting that field goal? I'd say probably 99 times out of 100. Yes. Yeah. And even though the 
Steelers have one of the best defenses in the league, if not the best defense in the league. I take Mahomes over the Pittsburgh defense. Like I just think yeah. that's the way the NFL works now. I don't think it's a, I'm not saying nothing against the Pittsburgh defense or not anything against defense in general, because obviously you need a good defense to be mm. successful in the NFL because there are 58 other minutes in a game that you need to account for and your defense needs to play well. But those two minute drives that the, you know, the Brady's and the Rogers and the Wilson's and the Mahomes, they've perfected it to a science yeah. where it's like impossible to stop them. Like you can't, you can't do it. Yeah. This, this chief's offense, I feel like gives me shades of what the warriors did for basketball, which is popping threes and just kind of exploding in it, offenses in everybody's face. And it, the chief's offense is something that teams can't replicate. Like you could see like the Packers who obviously they're a very air raid pass friendly team, but the Chiefs just do everything great. They just do everything great. Their running backs run well, and they catch passes great. They have a nice uh, trio of running backs with, with Edwards and then Edward Lair and then Bell and the other guy, Williams, on the, on the, that's the third string. And obviously you have Mahomes who could do anything he wants for the ball. They have these crazy wildcat formations where Travis Kelsey is even taking the snaps. Like It's just absolutely ridiculous what they're doing on offenses in, in the NFL. And they're literally just making defenses look silly. Like they, they must be averaging at least 28 points a game at the minimum. And again, you don't see anyone really stopping them because the Raiders defense isn't that bad by any means. They have a pretty good no. defense. So it's not like they're facing the jets and putting up 40 points as expected. No, they're putting up points on everybody right now. It's crazy. Yeah. And it, it's just, he has so many weapons. He has Kelsey, he has Tyreek Hill, he has Hilaire, he has Bell now. He has, you know, all these guys that he has at his disposal and not, and to put put on top of that, he's the best himself. Like he doesn't need the weapons that he already has. And he already has, you know, all those weapons. He has probably one of the best head coaches in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we talked about, you know, the word dynasty is thrown out in sports a lot. The Warriors just got done with their dynasty. The Patriots just got done with their dynasty. Obviously, the Yankees had their dynasty back in the late 90s. But if any team is going to start a new dynasty, it's this team. Yeah. Because, you know, they're just so much better than everyone. I think a Steelers matchup would be really, really fascinating. And right now it's looking like the Steelers would have home field Mm -hmm. in that because, you know, the Steelers might go 16-0. and Their schedule, you know, is pretty – it's not that hard going the rest of the way. But even on the road in Pittsburgh, and there won't be it won't be a packed house, obviously. Mm-hmm. I I still would I I'd still give the edge over Mahomes over the Steelers, and yeah. that's that's it. That's and I'm not even like thinking about it. Like I think it's just automatic to me, and that's saying a lot because that team has Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Tomlin, and obviously both are going to the Hall of Fame. It's just a real testament to what they built in Kansas City. Just so much dominance, they really built it the right way. It, it, it really is. It, it's just, it's just a perfect storm and it's just a perfect assortment of players. And they just, they have like their offense is just filled with younger guys too. So it's not like, like where the Steelers where, Hey, you might lose big Ben in a couple of years, if not next year, Patty Mahomes isn't going anywhere for the next nine, 10 years. Tyree kill, same thing. And then Travis Kelsey, same thing. And all these other kind of gadget guys, you could build around them. They're going to keep bolstering that offensive line because they don't really have any needs anywhere else. So it's just a perfect situation for them. And, and it, again, it starts with the quarterback and it starts with the head coach too, that they're putting them in positions to win. Like they, they literally could have a bunch of high schoolers be playing defense. And I think they'd still win as yeah. we saw in the Super Bowl, And as you're going to see, as they probably win this Super Bowl too. 
he's making like a billion dollars, you can make the argument that he's still underpaid. That's how good he is. Yeah, like, I was thinking about it and I tweeted it out when the game ended. Like, imagine like being him. Like, it's just so easy. It, again, he doesn't like, look like he's playing like an actual professional sport. And he's so, he's also so likable. Like, he's such oh, yeah. a cool dude. And he's like, he always comes up. He's like the NFL's Derek Jeter. Yeah. Like he's that kind of personality. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, He's it's just, awesome. it's sick because, you know, we went through these like decade and a half of talking about Brady and Manning. And then it, it, none of Brady's not even retired yet. And, you know, Mahomes is already like on his way to like passing them. Mm-hmm. It's like once, once Michael Jordan retired, we got LeBron and Kobe. Yeah. And once Brady and Manning retire, we got Mahomes. Like it just yeah. goes on and on and on. So I don't know. The, the kid's just fantastic. I don't know. There's not there's not a lot to say about yeah, it. Yeah, this is his league, and this is the, the Chiefs' basically title to lose. And again, the way it looks right now, I'd be a fool to bet against them. Yeah. So, well, I mean, it, we we have to talk about Mahomes every week because you know, it's just the way the NFL works. The NFL revolves around Mahomes. Yeah. And Super Bowl champion, and I'd be shocked if he doesn't add another at least two yeah. by the by the time he's all done. And, oh, 100%. You know, he's 24, so he's going to be around for a long time. He might be playing so. baseball soon enough. He's no, maybe, maybe, he pull, maybe he pulls a Michael Jordan and just gets bored, I, I, right? <laughs> just, I, there's no I, more money left for him. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't think he'll ever walk away from that money. No. But, you know, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it if he decided, "Hey, I want to play baseball now." I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet against him. I bet against Tim Tebow. I don't think he'll ever yeah. make it. But I'm not gonna, you know, bet against Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody I will bet against, and will bet against the day I die. I'm so good at these segues today. I'm killing it. <laughs> You're so four it. years. Four years as a communication major does to you. Um, Carson Wentz. I tweeted a clip of the show last week on Sunday when he was playing against the Browns. Stinks. He's just bad. And I think Philadelphia fans are starting to get it. I think the most hard-headed Philly fans, there's a lot of them. I know a lot of them. Yeah. Um, or pro- or we're a lot like, you know, nobody's – the coach, it's the coach, it's the injuries, it's this, it's that. I think last week against the Browns and what he did there is kind of, you know, the awakening for Philadelphia to say, hey, maybe this guy isn't that good. Yeah. No, again, you just – not to be always be a stat looker, but I mean, he's got 14 touchdowns and 14 interceptions on the years. But one stat I, I really like is QBR, and he's got a 48.2 QBR, which puts him at 27th in the NFL, which probably makes sense because he's been one of the worst quarterbacks, I think, in the NFL. And obviously the excuses of, oh, well, the wide receivers aren't that good and the offensive line and this and that, some valid, some not. But when you just watch him play, like you just look at what he does, He just looks defeated. Like, he just doesn't look – like, there's just nothing there that kind of makes you say, damn, like, I want Carson Wentz as my quarterback. Like, I love that out of him. Like, I'm just – I'm not seeing much out of him. And it's it's weird that you have Jalen Hurts sitting behind him and they don't want to pull the trigger. And it's it's funny because we kind of talked about and prefaced how if you go to that rookie quarterback, like, you're – you're it's his. What if – what if – it wasn't necessarily what if it was a week-to-week kind of battle that that's kind yeah. of the, the way you're seeing it now like you have two good quarterbacks I mean and Carson Wentz is playing terribly I still think he can be a good quarterback but he's playing terrible why not see what Jalen Hurts has like, wh- like why not give him one game does Just he one- not like does he not know the playbook 
he has to know the playbook by now. You drafted him in the second round, so he's yeah. not, you obviously think he's more than just you a You drafted guy. him in oh, April. Yeah. I assume the day after the draft, you're going to fax him every single play that yeah. you have. You He has to know the ins and outs of the offense by now as the backup quarterback. Because as the backup quarterback, your job is to prepare like you're the starter yeah, you, in I mean, case something happens, like what happened with Joe Burrow, like what yeah. happened with Tua struggling, and then you have to come in. Mm-hmm. But they seem to only use him on these gimmicky plays where you have Wentz lined up as a wide receiver. Like, that doesn't help you. It no. reminds me of when the Jets had um, Sanchez, and then they brought in Tebow, and then it was just a complete mess. Yeah. Obviously, Hurts is better than Tim Tebow, and he's more of a threat to Wentz than Tim Tebow was to yeah. Mark Sanchez. But there's no reason to use a second round pick on a guy and not use him, especially when the guy that's starting is terrible. Now I know Philadelphia has a lot of money tied up to into him and they really like him, but sometimes it's just not your year. Sometimes it's just not your game. We saw it. We're Yankee fans. We saw it this year with Gary Sanchez, Gary Sanchez in the playoffs did not play four out of the five games and he did not get an at bat in the elimination game in game five. He didn't get an at bat. Yeah. So sometimes, and Yankees like Gary Sanchez, and they still do. Exactly. The same applies to the NFL. Yeah. Sometimes it's just not your game. Yeah. And by the by the by halftime on Sunday, it was apparent that it was not Carson Wentz's game. Mm-hmm. And the Eagles, even though they're in first place in this division, and even though everybody else in the division sucks as well as them, mm-hmm. they're still in the driver's seat in first place because of that tie. Yeah. So you have to do something. Yeah. You, you have to mix it up because if this keeps happening, the Eagles aren't going to win the division. The Giants, the Giants, Washington, or Dallas will. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. I don't, I don't know what else they want. The interceptions were terrible. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. he, he 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 gets sacked all the time, which is you know on the line, but it's on him too. He has to throw the ball away too. Yeah, there's a lot of times where he's like looks like a deer in headlights. He's holding it too long. But I would love to see the. I would love to hear the justification of why. Hertz is not in. I, yeah. I can't think of a reason other than we're paying Wentz a lot of money and that's why he's playing. And, and that's, that's what I, I hate. Yeah. I absolutely hate. And again, it's, 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 that's, so- that's their fault. That's if I'm an Eagles fan, I'm like, that's your fault. Not mine. Yeah. That's, I mean, as a fan, you have to say, listen, I don't give a shit whether, even if you draft him in the first round, if there's a better option on your team, you play that guy. So same thing, this situation yeah, you're paying him going to be like 35 million next year that they can't really get rid of. Just because you're paying him, you still want to put the best guy out there, like, like like your stars and stuff like that. Like if you draft this rookie and you think he's better, just put him out there. Who cares? Like, like you, you're not like you're not going to get rid of the money. It's not going to come off your books, and it doesn't like just playing him just out of pride purposes. Just be like, oh well, we invested in him, so we're going to play him. Like that to me is is a little stupid and. Their their game next week is against uh, the Seahawks on on Monday night, a team that doesn't really have a good defense. Why not give Jalen Hurts one game, just, yeah. give, just one game? What's the harm? And maybe maybe you wake up uh, Carson Wentz, and then and if if he can't handle a benching, even though it's deservedly so, then maybe mm-hmm. he's not your quarterback anyway. And then we've talked a lot about like sometimes where confidence and stuff like that. That I think applies to, and you I think agree to like more so rookies and stuff like that. Carson Wentz is you collected the bag right, you got paid, and you're going to continue to get paid. You got to earn it now. And yeah. and we drafted a guy, so we clearly thought that hey, maybe this situation was going to going to happen. Put Hurts in. Why not? Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. Like they're going to Seattle, 
And you can say what you want about the Seahawks and their defense and how they've struggled, you know, in this middle part of the season. But mm-hmm. that's still an intimidating place to play, even without fans. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't I obviously don't think Wentz is going to not going to sit in that game to start. Yeah. But if he has another beginning to that game, reminiscent of what we saw against the Cleveland Browns, which is not yeah. the Seattle Seahawks whatsoever. I don't mm-hmm. care about, you know, Cleveland's seven and three record. Yeah. They don't impress me that much. They, Baker Agreed. doesn't impress me. We can talk about that later. Mm-hmm. If Wentz throws a couple picks in the first and second quarter and you go into halftime and it's, you know, 10-3, 17-3, something like that, you have to put in Hurts because you don't have a very big cushion in the NFC East anymore because Wentz's bad play has allowed the 3-7 and seven Giants, Cowboys, and Washington – to get back in it. The reason the Eagles aren't winning this division is solely at this moment, in my opinion, on Carson Wentz's quarterback play. Yeah. Now I know Peterson hasn't been great. I know Peterson's done some things that make your, make you want to blow your head out if you're in Philadelphia. And I know they have a ton of injuries, mm-hmm. but you pay quarterbacks over a hundred and hundred million dollars to cover up those, you know, mistakes yeah. from your organization. Like, Patrick Mahomes, we just talked about him, is in a perfect situation. Mm-hmm. If it was less than perfect, he has the ability to make it better and cover up those mistakes. That's mm-hmm. what we see from Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. That's what we see from, you know, Drew Brees yeah, some Rogers, over yeah. years. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has dealt with, you know, Mike McCarthy, like falling off a cliff in terms of being a head coach yeah. and his organization not surrounding him with anybody. And he still goes to the NFC Championship game every single year. Yeah. Wentz hasn't done that. And Wentz really, other than that one huge year he had, mm-hmm. hasn't done that. He's been hurt. He's been ineffective. I, If I'm a Philadelphia Eagle fan or am I in the organization, I, I don't owe him anything anymore. No. I really don't. I gave him his money and I said, be a top 10 quarterback. And he hasn't been that. And yeah. I was having a conversation with a couple of my friends from Mammoth about who are you know one of them is an eagle fan big eagle fan shout out to ryan um and he was like what how many quarterbacks in the nfl would you take before you take wentz and you can rattle off a, a dozen quarterbacks before you get to wentz it's it, it, again it, it's it's it, it's one of those things where it's like listen even even looking like looking past 2020 season looking into 2021 i'd rather see hurts and see what he's got but even in this season too, and this is why it's so important for them, I think, to go to Hertz is because you still have a shot to to make the playoffs in your last two games for the Eagles or against the Cowboys in Washington, so divisional games. Why not give teams a different look at quarterback? And you make a team like a Seahawks and then a Packers and then a Saints have the game plan now for Jalen Hurts. Like I think yeah. that that kind of move and that QB change might deceive coaches and defenses enough because they're not going to have really film on these guys. So maybe that's probably your best bet, I think, to make the playoffs. Yeah, and they have nothing to lose because they're com- currently in a complete free fall. Yeah. So you can't – if you put in Hurts and they lose all those games, they were going to lose them anyway. That's what I mean. It, it so, really, even if you yeah, have so I have, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I have the texts from the group chat that I'm in mm-hmm. about the quarterbacks that you take over Mahomes. So let's just go down the list. I, over Wentz. Not, Mahomes is first on the list. So Mahomes, you take over him. Yeah. So one game. You have one game. Mahomes, yes. Yeah. Rogers, yes. Wilson, Big Ben, Brady, right? Yeah. Breeze, stop me if you disagree. Yeah. Allen, Tua, Jackson, 
Burrow, Tannehill, Herbert, Prescott, Jones, Kyler, Watson, Ryan, Stafford, Carr, Bridgewater. You taking you taking Wentz over any of those guys? I'm taking. Uh, I'm taking the only one. Is, uh, I I would say you, you can even add in add in Fitz. Yeah, I could. I put him in Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. It, it, it's 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 what is all these backups? What is yeah? Honestly, like people Jameis. people might even say Jameis. Yeah, it, it's yeah. crazy. But and, and this is the thing. Like if you were to kind of have this discussion, some people are like, oh, well, Carson Wentz is is good and they would reference kind of stuff he did but like what is he doing right now mm-hmm. and this is kind of goes into like when i try to evaluate quarterbacks and just players in all sports is like listen i don't really care what they did five years ago mm-hmm. i care what they are how doing far right how far removed are we from his big one huge year well it has to be what three three four years close to four that's like that, a lot that, that three years ago is kind of like my threshold for all right maybe i'll still count that Two years ago, I, I like to see. And then I mean, if it's about what have you done, then Cam Newton's still on the Panthers. Yeah, no, right? I, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And then, I mean, you, if you go, yes, I mean, if you look at that kind of what have you done, that that's kind of similar situation why where the Giants have been where they've been the last two years. Luckily, it's looking up for them, and we'll get into that later. But that those kind of down years is because you're kind of relying on people to be who they were, and mm. they're not doing anything for you right now. And that's why it's so important for them to look at it and be like, listen, Carson Wentz, you're not doing anything for us right now. That's not to say you can't come out and earn a job either at the end of the season, the next week or the next year. But for right now, I don't think you give us the best chance to win. I really don't. I don't think you could justify that he does. Yeah. And with the Giants, like it was the wrong thing to do, but you can understand it. Eli, you know, he's going to the Hall of Fame. He's the yeah. most famous player your franchise has ever had. Won two Super Bowls, all this. And you, you really you get Barkley and you get Ingram and you're like, we're going to get one more run for him. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work. And, you know, sometimes yeah. things like that don't work. Yeah. And they finally moved on when they should have probably moved on three years before in, in, in hindsight. But Wentz isn't that. Wentz yeah. hasn't, isn't an all-time great Hall of Fame guy. Mm-hmm. He's not you know, a super, he, he technically he is a Super Bowl winner, but you know, Foles was the guy there. Yeah. Um, so other than money, there's no sentimental thing that's clinging the Eagles to keeping Wentz as the starting quarterback right now. Yeah. You got to really judge it by his performance on the field right now in 2020. And really, if you want to go back to 2019, even though they won the division, the division was bad and the Eagles yeah. didn't have a fantastic year by any means mm-hmm. last year. And he got hurt in the playoffs. So yeah. there's that. So, like, I, I, pull the plug if you're Philadelphia. Because what else do you have to lose? Yeah, no, again, that's what I mean. Like, like, like for Doug Marone, like we talked about, it's like – or, I mean, Doug Doug Peterson, my bad. Uh, it's like, what what are you like? What are you doing right now? Like, it's like, are you you really are gonna ride it, ride or die with Carson? If his Wentz, job's on the line. 100%. He can't be. He cannot be loyal to Carson Wentz because Carson Wentz might get him fired too. And that's what I mean. So why not at least make a make a bold move? Because a bold move is better than no move in my mind. And in, in this situation right now, you have three friggin' wins. And the only reason you're you're in, in the lead for the division is because you have that tie. Like the Giants easily should have beat the Eagles that first game. Yeah. And they have they have two wins. Maybe Doug Peterson is fired. Who yeah. knows? So it's like, what are you what are you waiting for? I I, get, I really don't. That's why I think it might not even happen. Because what are you waiting for? I, I don't know what you're waiting for. I, I think they're just waiting for him to just have it click, but sometimes it just doesn't. Yeah. And that's not to say it won't happen next year, but right now 
when you really, if you really think about it, with even with the injuries, you have, you know, your million, $100 million quarterback and your Super Bowl winning head coach. And you look about, you look at everybody else in the division, Giants, new head coach, second year quarterback, Washington, just a mess, right? Yeah. And then the Cowboys, first year head coach, that isn't the most popular guy right now. People aren't thrilled with what McCarthy's done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dak is hurt. So yeah. if you if you think about it, the Eagles should be winning this division by like four or five games. Agreed. Like yeah, it, it, the, the talent is far and away the Eagles and then everybody else. They should not be, you know, in the midst of a free fall where they miss the playoffs and miss the division entirely and lose it to a six and 10 team. That shouldn't be the case. And that's the way it is. And then we can move this into a discussion about the NFC East because we do that every week for me, (laughs) because, you know, that's the division that I love for whatever reason. (laughs) The Eagles lose and then the Cowboys and Washington win. So it's three, six and one for Philly and it's three and seven for everybody else. And we enter Thanksgiving a huge Cowboys and Washington game on Thursday mm-hmm. and anybody can win this division, even Washington. I always, I thought, well, I thought Washington was out of it. They, they didn't cross my mind the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, they can win it with um, Alex Smith. Yeah. No reason they can't. If they give him a shot again. And that week 17 game between the giants and Cowboys can be the NBC win in your end game. Like it, yeah. it's, it's crazy. And if you're the Giants, you're thrilled with the yeah. Eagles losing. Oh my god! Because it, it, it's just the, the whole the whole thing is just it, it's so funny, and that's why I think the Giants are in a good spot to really take control. I really do because their defense again is is built the right way. They have that strong uh, pressure up the middle, and we we always give cr- uh, credit to Blake Martinez and that signing. And from a, a momentum standpoint, they just had a nice bye week, so they're they're well rested. Who do they play this week? They play the Bengals with no Burrow. So there you go. So, so it's falling gonna, into place for them. Yeah. So that, that at the that's a big should be win for them. If it's not, we will touch upon it next week's episode. But we're gonna assume it's. I'll, I'll officially cancel the Giants if they lose to the Bengals. I, I I'm not. I wouldn't even entertain them still squeaking into the playoffs if they lose to the Bengals. If they want to make the playoffs, they need to beat the Bengals. They need to beat the Browns, and they need um one other one other game. Yeah. I would like two. Yeah. No. Again, and as you should. And when you look at the. The, the kind of the standings and you're looking at like the 2021 draft Dallas is at is three and seven. They're sitting at the fourth pick Washington three and seven at the fifth pick giants at three and seven with the seventh pick. And then by default, Washington, I mean, uh, uh, Philadelphia is that three, six and one and they're projected that 19th pick. So that to me rough. is that that's, that is crazy. When you really think about it, that whoever wins this division is going to jump close to 20 spots and then who knows what they do in the playoffs it now that, that that begs the question is winning this division worth it i mean i would say for for or is it is it a different answer for each team uh, yeah i was gonna say i think it's i think it's different for each team i think the giants yes you, you're you're you are right now in that taking a step up in the rebuild so you want to you want to take that next step and you want to win that division by all means necessary. I, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Even though it, the teams are going to be shitty, and it might even be six wins. Screw it. Get Daniel Jones uh, a division division title. With the Eagles, it's like 
with, with, with where your salary cap is and how much money you have being paid out, like is winning a division. It's like, what does that do? It, it honestly, it's basically, this is one last run because there's nothing really uh, being sustained there. I think it depends within the Eagles organization. If you ask, I think if you're like the GM or the owner, mm-hmm. I don't think it makes a difference because if you win the division, great. If not, we get the draft pick. If you're mm-hmm. Doug Peterson, you, you might get fired if you don't win the division. Yeah. If you're Carson uh, Wentz, you might get replaced. Well, point. they're not going to replace him because, you know, he has that contract that yeah. makes it impossible. But you know what I mean? They'll get comp- bring, bring in someone to compete with him. Yeah. So I think the Eagles, it could go either way, whichever you want. Yeah. And like the Cowboys, obviously, we know the reason they're not winning is they don't have Dak. So to if Dak was healthy, they'd win the division. Exactly. So to them, they're probably like, hey, listen, I'd rather, honestly, uh, I'd rather have a better draft pick. And same thing with Washington, too, because they need to find a quarterback. And odds are you have a better chance doing that than the top five picks opposed to the 19th pick. So I think definitely this would be awesome for the Giants to just go out there and claim what is basically almost being handed to them. It's literally Daniel Jones and Joe Judge, take this from me because Dak got hurt. So we can already write the Cowboys out basically. Washington is again they're they're not bad but they're still not good. I don't I think, don't think anyone actually good. even though they're there, I don't think yeah. anyone actually believes that they're going to be the one yeah, of the they they have they have Alex Smith at quarterback and not really to yeah. shit on him too much but he's not nearly what Daniel Jones is. Yeah. We've already kind of uh talked talked a good amount about Daniel Jones and how he may not even be the guy but he's showing us some improvement which is all He's been better. I will give him that. I'm I've been critical of Daniel Jones but he has been better. He's been better, and arguably, is he, is he is Daniel Jones the the best quarterback in the division right now? Uh, right now, today, based on what we've seen the last couple of weeks, by default, yes. Yeah, I, right. I agree. I, I, agree. I, I'm I mean, it's it's tough to argue. Best quarterback in the NFC East isn't exactly like putting yourself up against Patrick Mahomes. Agreed. But the question is the question, right? And he's the least bad right now. That's the way I'll put it. He's the least bad. <laughs> And, and sometimes he, that's, and that's that's probably not even fair to him because he's been pretty good. Yeah, he's been the most decent quarterback yeah. over the yeah. last few weeks. He hasn't yeah. turned the ball over. Yeah. Now, what a concept is that? You don't turn the ball over, you win. That's something that he should keep in mind that, moving that, forward. That's something we talked about earlier. Uh, I mean, I think it was right after week one, I said going into the season, I'm really going to look at a turnover differential and how that basically dictates the game. And I mean, we keep seeing it. You look at the Ravens when they lose Lamar turns it over when they win, he doesn't turn it over when mm-hmm. the giants win. Daniel Jones does not turn it over when they lose. He turns it over multiple times. Same thing with Carson Wentz and the Eagles. Like, like you rarely see someone fumble it or, or throw three picks and then win a ball game. That, that just, it doesn't happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, really wrapping things up in the NFC East this week, Thursday's game, with the Cowboys and Washington, I think as a Giants fan, I would want Washington to win this game because mm-hmm. the Giants already swept Washington and they lost against Dallas. Mm-hmm. So even if Washington gets the four and seven, assuming the Giants beat the Bengals, which, you know, they, they should knock on wood, yeah. they would still be in first place yeah. based on the tiebreaker, assuming Philadelphia then loses on Monday night. So by the time we record this show next week, the Giants could be in first place if that if it breaks that way if what the, the redskin if, if the washington and philadelphia lose this week and the giants win against philadelphia against cincinnati 
the Giants are in sole possession of first place. Yeah. Now, and who would have thought? It's it's again, it's such it's such a screwed up division. It, it really is. But somebody's got to take it. Somebody yep. has to. And the way I see it, it it's the Giants. They they have to have to have to seize this. They just by all means have to. Again, I, you might see a late push from Dallas, but again, I still think that Week 17 game is going to be. Winners going to take the division, and I hope. And really, any of these teams that win the division, even though they're all bad, and we can all agree that the NFC East does not deserve a playoff representative, but that's just the way it works in the NFL yeah. and at all sports. The division winner makes the playoffs. Yeah. You see that if the season ended today, mm-hmm. the NFC East winner would host the Buccaneers, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, in my opinion, it's not out of the realm of possibility that. Any of these four NFC East teams, for as bad as they've been and how the entire division's a laughing stock and everyone just moans about how they're going to have a playoff team, it's not out of the realm of possibility but by how inconsistent Tampa has been that they can actually pull off that ups- upset. And yeah. we saw it before. The Seahawks yeah. at 7-9 and nine beat the Saints. We remember that classic Michonne Lynch beast mode run, mm-hmm. and they won – and then they went to the divisional game. I think they got destroyed by the Bears the next week or the Packers, whatever it was. But the Buccaneers aren't that good yeah, right now. And very- Brady is doing he's, – he's good, he's fine, but he's not Brady of the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And he's done things that make you say, hey, yeah, this guy's 43 years old. Yeah, no, it, it's – it's it's when you look at, at his game, the two picks he had to Jordan Fuller, Old Japan native, shout out to him. Yeah, right or, across or, the street. Yeah, they, they were awful throws by him, just just terrible. And one of them, on a, he was going down a, a game, would have been game-winning drive, and he throws a, a terrible interception. You're like, where is he throwing the ball? So it's one of those things where you're seeing, yeah, like that. that's a very inconsistent, hot and cold offense, and even their defense too. Like some yeah. games they show up and they're, and they're awesome, and then other games they show up and they're just terrible. So who knows? Maybe, maybe when, if they play – the, the Giants in, in a home game, especially in New York, maybe they win that day. Who knows? Oh, like, it's would... it's going to be freezing cold at MetLife. Yeah. It, it would be freezing cold in Philadelphia. It would be freezing cold in Washington. Dallas, you'd have the neutral oh, site yeah. with the dome, and it's Texas anyway, so it'll be fine. Yeah. But, you know, that's not Brady's. Well, he played forever in New England, but that's not the Buccaneers element. Yeah. We're playing in Tampa. And these primetime games that, you know – Tampa's been in they haven't played well yeah and I people like people like laugh at me when I say oh on prime time they're not good because it's such a small sample size but it does matter I yeah. really think how you play in prime time is is important it's not just something that hey it's just a coincidence everybody's watching you and these are human beings playing and they know that mm-hmm. and for whatever reason a team led by Tom Brady they lost on Monday night Yo, yesterday they played really bad and maybe should have lost against the Giants on Monday night. And the Saints games, they were on the four 25 games, the Sunday night games, they haven't played well. Yeah. So, again, it's one of those things where maybe that'll be the Giants' day. And again, maybe we're we're kind of closing in on maybe we're seeing Brady for the last time. Like, we we really don't know, but just what's his contract? Two years? Yeah, it's only two years. So, I mean, again, you'll probably see those two. He wants to play till when? 45? I, I could see maybe, 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 maybe he has some sort of one-year send-off and with the Patriots, but they're probably going to draft a quarterback because they need. I, th- I think it's funny that you know there was this ugly divorce between Belichick and Kraft and Brady, mm-hmm. and they're all miserable. 
Yeah. Normally, no. when there's a divorce, one goes off and you know <laughs> she's she's fantastic and she whatever. Yeah. Both of them are completely miserable without each other. It makes it makes you wonder why they even did it in the first place. I I think people are like, oh, I can do it without you, and they're too stubborn to realize that the only way it works is when they're together. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but no. it hasn't worked, especially it, it, you know this year it hasn't worked. Who knows? Yeah going forward because you know the Patriots this was going to be one of those years anyway mm-hmm. I think people were more surprised that Brady struggled yes uh, I agree too I, I was expecting Brady in that offense I mean I said I was like they're probably going to go to the Super Bowl or they're at least going to go to the NFC championship yeah as of, as of right now one of one of my friends I'll pull up the text message right now um, 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 um uh, one of my friends uh Nico asked he said kind of he's like the NFC kind of all shook up this week and I was like I agree he's like Saints, Seahawks, Packers, Rams, Bucks. Like, who's the favorite? And I basically said, I was like, not the Seahawks. The Saints, again, without Breeze, it's like, even though Taysom Hill did decently well, probably not them. I, I said kind of Packers and Bucks tied up. And then I said kind of the Rams are now making a run run up too. And obviously yeah. Tyler with the Cardinals. So it, it really is interesting. And the, the, the Bucks really need – they have a lot to prove. I, I really do think so. I think any of those teams can make the – any of the teams can make the Super Bowl other than the NFC East team. I'd be shocked if the yeah. NFC East team made the Super Bowl. I'd jump off a building. Yeah, that no, happens, that, that's right? going to be that's, that's but like, You can make the argument that any of the teams can make the Super Bowl. You could also make the argument that any of those teams can lose their first playoff game. Um, yeah, no, it, and it's it, not like that in the AFC. The AFC, it's kind of the Chiefs and the Steelers, and let's see who can challenge them, right? Yeah. But I mean, the NFC, um, I guess I'd go Packers if I had to. If there was a gun against – in my head and then said pick an NFC team I would probably say the Packers but yeah. I'm not confident in the Packers no it's a, it's what I mean because I mean they, they just lost I mean they just lost a close game to the to the Colts and they, the Colts were a team that we said were pretenders and how we, ugly was that game yeah that was that was that was oh tough. my that, god that was a game where it's like if you're a Packers fan all like, the, it was like eight defense. holding penalties in a row like the Colts were like giving them the game yeah that was kind of some I mean you had that almost fumble too and yeah. the play was like fourth and whatever or third and whatever. It's like, why are you throwing the ball? Like, who, you're yeah, third and like sense. 25. It's like, just run the ball because he almost fumbled it and basically lost the game. But yeah, it, it's the Rams are a team that I'm really kind of trying to keep an eye on because their offense is good, but it is very, it, 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 it's, it's not, um, I'm trying to think, it, it doesn't do well if you game plan against it. I know you could say that's obvious. But I don't think kind of McVeigh does it a good enough job yet with adjusting at halftime because you saw against the Dolphins, at least me, I saw firsthand. They they did the same thing they did in the first half and the second half, and they had no success. But they, they weren't willing to change. So like what their offense is that game is what it's going to be for good, whether it be better or worse. So until that offense can kind of adjust to certain situations, I don't think they're the best. But if they can, that defense is obviously sick. And we, we all of us forget they were in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. I know. It, it's like, crazy. we, it isn't it amazing? Like, that's like the you, that's like the forgotten Super Bowl team because it was just so out of nowhere and it was such like a defense, you know, driven 13 3. It's like a boring game and it was a 100%. defensive game. Yeah. And even the whole year, the Rams, it was all defense, right? Yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, why not the Rams? Like, I agree. Nobody's running away with it. Like no, the AFC is. Yeah, but. no, I agree. When you even when you look at kind of like the teams in the hunt for the NFC, it's like obviously you have the the whole NFC East with the division, and then you have some teams with like five wins. Where the AFC, it's like 
the, the wild card teams have seven wins right now. So, yeah. I mean, again, that's, it, it is what it is, but you're definitely seeing that upper echelon of, of teams in the AFC is a little higher than in the NFC right now. All right. Let's wrap this up talking about your dolphins. Um, kind of brought back down to reality on Sunday. We were last few weeks, three weeks on the show. We were talking about how this is like amazing and how like the yeah. Dolphins are like going to the Super Bowl and how this is the next th- big thing. Yeah. And who is just the next prodigy? But that's not the way that sports work. You know, sometimes you get hit. Yeah. And on the road against Denver, I still expected the Miami to win this game mm-hmm. because I think they're a better team than Denver. Yeah. But this is the first kind of roadblock in Tua's career that was, you know, inevitable. But it still hurts when you're in such a heated playoff race. And when you're in the mix, those losses hurt. Whereas if this was a season that, you know, the Dolphins were like two and seven. Yeah. And they had yeah. Tua out there and you lose the game. Yeah. This yeah. is a rebuild. But because you're in the playoff hunt, it stings. Yeah. So with, with all that being said, again, it was a game of that. Yeah. We, we, sh- we should have won. And we definitely had some humble pie for dessert, but it, it, it's a game where it's almost one of those things where it's like, you're like, where you're like, ah, oh, like we kind of needed to lose that game. As shitty yeah. as it sounds, you're like, ah, oh, like maybe we, we needed to just get one loss out of the way to kind of make us remember what it feels like. And not saying that they like didn't work hard and stuff like that, but they offensively they laid a goose egg, which is all, it's awesome though that d- defensively and then the special teams too, they still did a thing, but that third phase in the offense, didn't work out. So it's not like the, you're panicking. You just need to make some better adjustments on the offensive side of the ball. And then tip of the cap to, to Vic, Vic Fangio in that defense. They threw a lot of looks at, at Tua that shook him up a little bit. And it, it's one of those things where going into this season, a lot of people had the Dolphins at four, five, six. I had them at that seven, eight wins kind of, kind of area. And I still think they're going to get there. But what happens is obviously is you have success that you kind of raise your expectations, which I think is fine. I totally think it's fine because if you win this game today, you and the Bills are basically in the driver's seat. And if you win the same amount as the Bills do up until week 17, you're basically – you win that week 17 game, you win the division. So what, what I saw basically for, from Tua was what happens when you have kind of a rookie with a limited playbook out there. He had a lot of rookie mistakes. Like right from the bat, he was kind of overthrowing too many guys. He had uh, some happy feet in, in the in the pocket a little bit. And then you sprinkle in the wide receivers don't haven't really gotten open. I mean, Devontae Parker and Mike Kosicki, although they're good, their average yards per separation is in like the top 20 worst. It's like sub two yards of separation. So that's something that we knew going into the season. We didn't really have those kind of burner uh guys on offense who could create separation and have some yards after catch. Again, that's perfectly fine. We're not that Super Bowl contending team yet. Then you look at two, um, I was saying kind of with, with the playbook and stuff like that, like a lot of fans and stuff were mad that, oh, Fitz came in and he went 12 for 18 and two was like 10 for 20. And like the, the specific passes that they were doing with him and stuff like that. I'm like, well, what do you expect? Like Fitz, Fitzpatrick is a 15 year vet and he's, had five years under Changeli's system. Tua is uh, a four-game veteran, and mm-hmm. he, he, even prior to that, obviously he was coming off the injury where he had a year off, basically of football. So people need to pump the brakes a little bit and realize that this is this is what was going to happen eventually by putting Tua out there. And I think he handled himself perfectly. Obviously, 
he got benched. And it was one of those things where as much as I would have wanted to maybe see Tua kind of see what he could do in that fourth quarter, two minute drill drive to win that game that day. I think, yeah, you probably, it made sense to go to Fitzpatrick. So it is. I think so too. I think that, you know, obviously what you said is true that, you know, eventually Tua needs to get some real game experience down in the fourth quarter with the two minute drill. But right now, if I'm the Dolphins, I get it. I'm getting that playoff spot no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of my philosophy now. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you think that Fitzpatrick is going to get you that win because Tua hasn't been good, we talked about this with Wentz. You know, it wasn't yeah. Tua's day. Yeah. And what – I've said this before. Once you put the rookie in, he's in. And if you take it out, it's a mess. Mm-hmm. Where the Dolphins save themselves from that kind of nightmare scenario – is when they said immediately, no, Tua's going to play. Yeah. Like, Tua's the guy. Yeah. But just in that situation, you get benched. Sometimes yeah. that happens. Yeah, like, I mean... You, in you, baseball, sometimes you make a couple errors in second base. You get you get benched for the rest of the game. You're still going to go out there the next game mm-hmm. because your coach is not going to give up on you that easy. Yeah. But... I mean, again, you, you look you know, at... Henry- I would rather Tua get that two-minute drive in a game where he's been playing well... And he has the confidence in his head to say, hey, I can do this. Then in a game where he's 10 for 20 and he hasn't played well. And now all of a sudden, hey, you got to win us the game now. Yeah, no, it, it, it was. Yeah, it was one of those situations that, it, again, it, it's it's not that you want to baby him, but it was just for that game, for how the game was going. They have every right to baby him if they want to, though. And uh, agreed. And 100 percent. And I love what what Flores did by basically saying, hey, listen, like, you weren't doing that well. It's not all on you. It's a lot of factors. But to win that game in that drive with what was going on, we thought we wanted we wanted to put Fitz in. He said, yeah, we, we need a little bit of a spark. And you almost got that because you drove down. And then obviously it, that last drive was kind of the reason why you put Tua in and why Fitzpatrick is who he is, is that he'll get you to the 20, but he'll throw that that awful interception where the safety just clearly runs in ahead to that game winning drive. So it is what it is. And then you were talking about with like the errors at second base. Henrik Lundqvist probably one of the greatest goalies of all time. Yeah. There's times he lets up six goals in a period. He gets taken out. Is mm-hmm. he back out there again tomorrow? Of yeah. course. So it's one of those things. Yeah, like, Garrett Cole is going to get rocked. Yeah. Five days later, he's going back out there. That's what I mean. So it, it again. A lot of people were panicking, right? They're giving up on two. I'm like, whoa. I'm like, yeah. Whoa. And, and like in the NFL, as an NFL comp, I was trying to think of one. Mm-hmm. You know, Brock Osweiler relieved Peyton Manning in yeah. some games in that last season. And then they eventually put Peyton back in there and they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. So if you're Tua, you're not like discouraged. No, he, especially he, because they came out imme- almost immediately and said, no, 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 Tua's going to start. It's yeah. just for this one like 10 minute stretch. We thought, you know, Fitzpatrick would help us out. Yeah, it's awesome to see that there is always a level of competition with Brian Flores. And yeah. you have to respect that. You just do. Because, and the and difference do- between what Miami did and then what Washington did was that yeah. Washington was like, they took out Haskins, and then they were like, oh, we'll see. And they let it yeah. simmer for a couple of days, and the media Washington. asked questions, mm-hmm. and then it became a whole thing, and then they ended up never playing him again. Yeah. So what Flores did that was important, and it's important for Tua's confidence for the rest of his career to mm-hmm. say, no, this is our guy moving forward starting next week. Yeah, again, it was it was literally just hey, hey, Tua, you had you had a you had a bad three and a half quarters, and, and we 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 took you out for two drives basically. And honestly, he probably saved him because there was a he got sacked six times. 
So at some point you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, our offensive line, the same token, is doing terrible, but you can't take them out. You can't protect them. So it was all, it, it, part of it also, I think, was just a business decision. They were like, listen, if we keep this guy in, he's probably going to get killed today. We, can, we go back to the drawing board, lift to see another day tomorrow. Obviously, again, yeah, you lost the game, but it wasn't necessarily all on him. And even if you put Fitz in that whole game, you probably still don't win. So, again, it, it is what it is. But I really liked what I saw from Flores, like we said. And then Tua, after the game, said the same thing. He's like, listen, like, I, I, it's a learning experience for me. Like, I understand why it was based, why the decision was made. He's like, anything basically to kind of help the team. It's awesome to see that he understands that I am a rookie and I have basically been out of football for that whole year because of injury and I'm constantly learning. And that's what you want to see from a 22, 23 year old kid who's playing quarterback and basically giving uh, the keys to the city right now is his willingness to learn and then to overcome adversity. Like, like there's not a doubt in my mind that we're going to come out against the Jets or even if we played anybody and he's going to play well. I'm not saying he's going to put up 400 yards and five touchdowns, but I think he's going to come back and be better than he was yesterday. And really what else can you ask for? And I think that's, I think it's important that they have the Jets and the Bengals coming up the next two weeks. Like those are games that Tua should be able to handle. You don't want to, you don't want this to happen. And then the next game be against the chiefs. Right. And then it's just even worse. It just snowballs, but he Mm -hmm. has an opportunity now before that chiefs game to get some momentum back and start feeling good about himself again with against two teams that, you know, knock on wood, you never say every, any game's an easy win in the NFL, but two games, you two games, you should win. If you have any aspirations of making the playoffs this year, you have to beat the jets and you have to beat the Bengals. And then, you know, the, the chiefs, let's just, if it, whatever happens that week happens, as long as everyone, everyone's healthy at the end of that one, that's a win for me. And then you got the Patriots and the Raiders and that big game against the bills. Because yeah. all you have to do is be tied with the Bills by the time that comes around, right? Yep. Uh, again, if we do that and then we, we beat them and we, we go one up, then we win the division. That's something that not a single soul, including myself, thought could happen. So if you do that, I mean, obviously, I think Brian Flores wins coach of the year if that happens. Yeah, I think so. But, but it's again, like it's just, it, it, it's one of those situations that, like, like it made sense. Rarely are we going to say, Oh, taking out the rookie quarterback in a situation like that is going to make sense. But, and I wouldn't doubt if Brian Flores factored in all those things, like you just said, of who we're playing next week and stuff like that. So like, I it, think it, it is what it is. No one, we cannot hit the panic button. People got to no. relax. Like, like four years from now, no one's going to be like, Oh, remember that time Tua got benched for Fitzpatrick in week 11 of the 2020 season against the Broncos. No one's going to give a shit. No one's going to give a shit mm-hmm. next week if he comes out and wins. It, it, it's such a almost borderline a joke. Like when you watch ESPN, like, oh my God, one week, it's like literally the whole five weeks we won. Two is literally better than Herbert. He's better than Burrow. I'm taking two. And then. Well, that's how they get their ratings. That's how, that's how they do it. And, and it's something that I've kind of realized as of late, because I've just been watching a ton of the dolphins in the media, which I haven't seen in forever. And you're seeing just like the, the flip-flop is just, it's crazy. It, it's borderline unhealthy to watch. And like, yeah. even as like an analyst, it's like, how do you like, like not to say how do you live with yourself, but it's like, how do you hold yourself accountable? Because every day you change your idea and you change yeah. your mind. It's a lot of, I mean, this is something I've said about, you know, those major market networks for sports. It's a lot of acting. It's a lot of performance-based things. Like yeah, those no. undisputed first take, 
mm-hmm. kind of shows. It's a lot of about these analysts being more like actors and entertainers than actual like journalists. And you could, I think you're smart enough, and I feel like I'm smart enough that you could see the bullshit, and you could see when they do certain segments that they're actually passionate about that 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 it's real. Yeah. But other times you just see it's bullshit. It's absolutely bullshit. Mm. I think now the panicking is there panicking within the fan base or is the entire fan base kind of like everyone uh, relax there's, there's, that's all you got to worry about yeah. as long as dolphins twitter is understanding of what's going on i would say like 80 percent of actually no i would say dolphins fans are fine they understand yeah. it but the national media like the espn's they, they don't know how to act right now and then yeah. again there, there's some fans that like yeah we rode that five game win streak and we forgot what we forgot how to act basically all together but I think it was just the the national media is making kind of fans go crazy right now, or at least me. Like when I see it, I'm like, I'm like, we're really talking about this. I was like, we're ready to write this guy off in frigging two games. I was like, look what look what uh, the Falcons did with Favre. They they wrote off him. Look at Brett Favre. Look what um who who else was it? Frigging I mean, you look at the Chargers did with Breeze. Bang! Look look what look what he does. I mean, so many. T- you look at what uh Steve Young got written off by uh the team whoever he got drafted by before the Niners. Eli was ran out of here. That, that's what I mean. So it, it, it's like, if people, you know, that mainstream media, man. Oh, those fake news, man. Sometimes it's just it, it's it's too crazy, and you really have to look at like, like you have to look at what these guys are passionate about. And again, I, I love watching it, and I always do. Maybe I'm it's hypocritical because we lost, and that's why I don't like to watch it, but. Sometimes I just, I can't stand it. It's just, it's too much to handle. What's important is, and I think this goes for both of us, because the both of us haven't seen meaningful December football yes, in ever. Like for me, it was, you know, I was the Giants, last time the Giants made the playoffs, sophomore year of college. So 16. So that's four years ago now. I think the Dolphins the same year. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I remember that the Dolphins and Giants played on that same exact Sunday. I remember that. For a fact, because I did a Mammoth basketball game that day, the Dolphins lost Steelers. to the Steelers. I watched that in the press room mm-hmm. at halftime. They were getting blown out, and the person I was doing the game with was a huge Dolphins fan. And he was miserable, uh-huh. so we did a whole second half of him just like being miserable. And then the Giants lost to the Packers later that day. So yeah. that last Sunday in January of 2017 was the last time we saw any meaningful Dolphins Giants winter football. It's sad, but now we have it. So we should be grateful no matter what, even though, you know, the giants really don't deserve it. And even though the dolphins might still be in a quote unquote, you know, rebuild, just take it. We just got to enjoy it because sometimes it takes with the way we do this with our fan bases. It's once every five years. It seems. Yeah. We we get, enjoy the ride. Just enjoy the ride. And even if they don't make it, Hey, they weren't supposed to make it anyway. I'm with you. Uh, I'm with See, you. that's why I'm so much more calm with the Giants than I am with like the Yankees because the Yankees oh, yeah. are supposed to win all the time, 100%. and when they don't, I'm furious and I like punch. I punch this wall right here. Yeah, no, but, like, I, that, that's a great the Giants. Yeah, I'm like, oh, this is a pleasant surprise. It's, 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 and it's I'm gonna enjoy expectations, it. and that's perfectly fine. That's why I have so much more fun watching the Giants than the Yankees. The Yankees, I sweat over and I agonize over and i lose sleep over yeah. the giants like oh they lost oh they were supposed to they always lose anyway yeah so well, you know, you. that's the difference i'm with you there let's briefly talk about the thanksgiving games mm-hmm. um the raven Steelers might not even happen which would be a nightmare for the nfl because that's their prime time game and that's the only game really worth watching if you're like a 
you know, a, a, a if not an avid football, a casual fan, yeah. then those are the two better teams. Um, Washington, Dallas, nobody really cares unless you're an NFC East fan because both those teams are bad. Mm-hmm. And then what is it? Detroit and Vikings? Uh, no, D- Detroit and Texans. And the Texans. And that's not really entertaining. No. The, the, I, mean, I always two, thought there were four games on Thanksgiving. Why did I think that? Just just three. But always the funny thing is two of those two of those teams out of the six have above five hundred records. They need to do a better job. Yeah, they, they, here's again, the problem. Here's the problem with Thanksgiving. Why I, a tradition some traditions are made to be broken. Why does Detroit need a Thanksgiving game every year? Uh, when I, I when agree. Detroit is consistently good and interesting, then they can have Thanksgiving back. Yeah, no, I'm I'm 100 with you, and I think like, we've seen, luckily the Cowboys have been good, but yeah, yeah like, like Detroit has not been good for a you while. know the old saying when like you're you get in trouble in school and your teachers would be like oh like playing like the board games in class are like a privilege not a right or whatever they would yes, say yeah. like Thanksgiving game should be a privilege and not a right. There's no, no reason why you know teams like the Chiefs and the Seahawks. And, you know, the Buccaneers who are still interesting, even though they've been disappointing and all these upper echelon teams the Steelers who are playing on Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. but all these great teams are not playing on Thanksgiving, which is the, the NFL's huge marquee day of the regular season. Yeah. And the Lions are. It's ridiculous. The NBA did a smart thing. The Knicks always played at home on opening day. Mm-hmm. Always. The Knicks suck. Mm-hmm. And the NBA was finally like, we're not going to show you on Christmas Day anymore. Because yeah, that's no. our like biggest day of the regular season. That's when all the eyeballs are on us. We don't want a shit product out on Christmas Day. I don't know why the NFL doesn't sh- you, you know, have, get rid of the Lions. You have Chiefs Buccaneers as a four twenty five game. Why in God's name? That should be on Thanksgiving. That's what I mean. Like like it it, it makes even you have you have a Titans Colts game playing at one o'clock. Why the hell are not are either of those or those two games not being played on Thanksgiving? Is there a reason it's the Lions? Like, is that just the way it always has been since the yeah, first Thanksgiving really, ever? Roger Goodell's got to figure that out. And that, Did the Lions thing. play when the Pilgrims and Indians, whatever the story is, were they there back all those years I, ago? I, 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 I don't I have, get it. I, I don't mean, understand why the Lions are always there. No, it I, makes no it sense. Really, and that it, is always the worst game out of the three I every mean, year. It's just when you think about the MLB, NHL, NBA, and uh, and who am I missing? MLB, NHL, NFL, NBA. NBA. So NBA does it right, like you said. And tip of the cap to Adam Silver for being the goat. He is the smartest out of all of them. But just that's what I mean. It's like 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 Christmas Day is their marquee day. Thanksgiving is football's marquee day. Who the hell in the United States gives a shit about the Texans and Lions? Yeah, like Nobody. baseball is different because everybody plays on every day anyway. Yeah, and then they can just shuffle in who gets the ESPN games. Like Memorial Day, Fourth of July. Yeah. like you'll get like the Yankees, and I get I wonder I understand the Nationals because of the Washington aspect. Yeah, and you know the big teams play the Red Sox and the Dodgers. They always get those national televised games. Mm-hmm. But when MLB does something different, the London series, yeah. Yankees, Red Sox, and then this past year was supposed to be Cubs Cardinals before the pandemic. And then now they're doing the Field of Dreams game, Yankees, White Yankees. Sox, White Sox because the White Sox are in the movie. Yeah, they the, when the when Major League Baseball puts on like an event, they do it right. The Little League game, it's always yeah. interesting teams. Yeah, they do it right. The NBA does it right on on Christmas Day. They always have the best it. games possible. They kill, they kill it. it every single year. The NHL does a great job with their Winter Classic. 
Agreed. It's never it's never teams you don't give a shit about. Yeah. It, it's and, it's and mostly because you know only the big markets can fill huge outdoor stadiums. Well, that's like fine. that's fine. And also you can't play outdoor hockey in Tampa with the lightning. That's just not the way it works. Very true. And, as well. and like you know, like the Dallas Stars aren't going to fill up whatever. But like you get the cold weather Canadian Northeast teams. Mm-hmm. They know what teams are going to be a big draw for that event. Yeah. For whatever reason, football is just committed to the Lions and the Cowboys. And the Cowboys haven't been good either. So the Cowboys aren't off the hook here either. They shouldn't have Thanksgiving either. Even if, say, the Cowboys, uh, even if Dak was still there and they were kind of running away the division, who gives a shit about a Cowboys-Washington game? Nobody. Nobody. So why not? Again, I don't know. I hate the adage that the America's team thing. Like, that was cool, like, in the 90s when they won. They haven't won since I – the year I was – we were born was the last time they won. Let, let, let's stop that. Like exactly, how in God's name? And they better figure this out next year. How are the Chiefs not new, the new America's team? Even the London games suck. Yeah. No. Oh my God. I, I hate like the London. They have like the game and the games in Mexico. London games are at, like nine o'clock in the morning. Who yeah. the hell is waiting? And I'm in California. It's at six in the morning. That's what I mean. It's stupid. <laughs> like it's it's I I don't get it. That's why the NFL needs to figure it out because like like, they, they, like Thanksgiving. Friggin' turkey, mashed potatoes, and friggin' football. Yeah, turkey, mashed potatoes, Brady Mahomes. There's no reason why this is not happening. Yeah, I don't want to watch four teams who are under 500. It's it's ridiculous. And and also, I have to wait now until 8:20 when I'm probably in a food coma to watch the best game in the week. That's another thing. The Sunday night and Monday night games they can't be at 8:30. They just can't. It's it absolutely sin. I'm tired. I'm tired. It's Monday. It's 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 absolutely just it's just way too long. Kids guess, have school in the morning, like it's stupid. Yeah, it's just like I guess the the things that oh you have to wait for I guess freaking people to get out of work on on the West Coast, but tough shit. I that's don't know their you, problem. That's what I mean. It, you you figure it out. It's like if you have two East Coast teams, why the hell are you playing at eight o'clock? It it makes no sense. I, I, the game should not be ending at friggin' one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. It's absolutely ridiculous. It drives me that Baseball nuts. does do well because they usually have seven o'clock games. Yeah, if they moved ESPN from eight to seven. Thank God. Yeah, thank God. Because even if the Yankees were playing on Sunday Night Baseball, like waiting till eight for a Yankee-Red Sox game in May is just torture. Like, I don't yeah. want to do that. Yeah. Ugh, it's just, it's a mess. But that's that's my whole rant about the Thanksgiving games. And mm-hmm. it could be such such a great event that they can do. Yeah. Because everybody's home, right? People, most people don't have work the next day, right? Mm. And they can have this marquee game. Like the, the thing is with football, they're going to get ratings anyway, so they don't care. That's, they don't guess, care. That, that's the issue, I guess. But they should reward their fan base, who they you know claim to care about so deeply, to give them the games that they want. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, it, was, so, it was a good. It was a good point we got into right there. Yeah, I, I'm glad I got that off my chest because it's been bothering me all week. Because I was like, "Oh, Thanksgiving, who's playing?" And then I saw the schedule. I was like, "I don't give a shit about any of this." Two shit games. Uh, what are you gonna do? But even though even though they're bad games, we're still gonna talk about it next week. That, that so is that's true. just that's <laughs> just the way. <laughs> that's just the way it works in this podcast. But what are you gonna do? That will you know just about do it. For this episode of Ice the Kicker, we hope you all enjoy those very entertaining Thanksgiving games, and then the rest of the games on Sunday. So, God bless with that. So, for Matt Farrar, my name is Glenn Denegas. For Ice the Kicker, we will see you next week.
Have a happy Thanksgiving.